0: We are starting a new sermon series these next six Sundays through Lent, leading us into Easter. A series on the Gospel of John, as you heard earlier today, which is probably my favorite gospel. I think it speaks to my more creative side. I look at the choir when I say that. And it is radically different in tone and writing and emphasis than our other three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we have a marvelous slate of guest preachers coming to preach for us. Give us the message over these next four weeks next week will be reverend shannon stringer from our conference office a good friend of pastor brian and a friend and colleague of mine um, and even we will even hear from uh reverend evan lash who is a part of our congregation when he is not preaching and doing interim work at other churches in the area so i look forward to hearing these speakers and i hope that you will come and be blessed Uh, by their their word. So it's Lent, my friends, and I hope and I actually pray that you can make a special effort to be here at Clay Church or be online for worship over these next six weeks leading into our Easter celebration, because Lent is such a holy time for the church. It's a holy time for the church, for individuals, a time of preparing for the grand celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday morning. And we cannot celebrate well unless we've done the work of preparing. So just a few words this morning about what makes the Gospel of John so different. John is often called the fourth gospel, and it's not lumped together with Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke, which are called synoptic gospels. I'm going to use a couple of big words here. Synoptic means like a general summary. And in this case, Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke give us a general summary of Jesus' life. Um, John's gospel focuses more on letting us know that Jesus is the incarnation. Again, another big word. But what that means is that uh, Jesus is God coming to earth. Jesus is God here on earth. That is one of John's focuses. And we hear that in the very first verse of the gospel of John. When John says the word, capital W, and that means Jesus, came to to earth became flesh and is living among us in other words god came to earth jesus shares god's character personality and god became flesh in jesus and moved into our neighborhoods our world john tells us in his gospel that jesus words and work his life and death, provide us full access to god god's heart god's knowledge and we learn about what that is, what God is like through Jesus here on Earth. We learn about what God works toward through Jesus' work and ministry on Earth. Now, there's a whole lot more to this about what why the Gospel of John is so important and what makes it so different. And I will leave it to our other incredibly talented and gifted and smart guest pastors to flesh this out a little bit more. But I think, and I, feel, I felt like the Spirit was calling me to this, we need a word of hope today. We need a word of hope, maybe a miracle. We need an end to the ugliness of war, and I do hope the Gospel of John can provide us a little bit of that today. I had another message for this Sunday, True Confessions up here, uh, done about two weeks ago. A message about God's love and God's grace and God's friendships. i got to tell you, folks, I had some great stories in there. What I had to roll in the aisles, I promise you. But I have a confession to make, and for those of you who were here on Wednesday, I made the same confession to all of you. Um, I walked out of worship last Sunday at 9 a.m. Not because of anything that was going on in worship. Things were going great. Aaron was rocking out the message, but I looked down on my phone. I know supposed to do that in worship and I saw the headline that Vladimir Putin had put his country on a nuclear weapons alert and all of a sudden to me at least the war in Ukraine felt so very real and I kept seeing in my mind's eye the children and the mothers the families so I walked out And it wasn't long before I realized that everything I had prepared for the message this morning had to be put away, and I had to start over, that I had to, as the great theologian Karl Barth has said, keep the Bible in one hand and the newspaper, or for me, maybe for you, the iPad, the iPhone, the nightly news, in the other. In other words, we interpret what is happening in the world through the lens of Scripture. We look at the world and all of its brokenness through that lens, and we find our call to action through the lens of Jesus Christ and his life, which is taught to us in Scripture. And though this news may make us shudder, not even may, makes us shudder, we will not look away. So we will not look away this morning. Our scripture passage this morning comes from the Gospel of John, of course, chapter 15, verses nine through 16. For those of you who want to read along in your Bible or on your cell phone, as I typically do, uh, it's John 19, or excuse me, John 15, verses nine through 16. Now, a few words while you, for those of you who are looking it up, You'll notice that I'm starting in the back, near the back of John, where Jesus is talking to his disciples right after the Passover meal. This part of John is typically called the farewell discourse. A lot of big words this morning, I'm sorry. And it's right before Jesus heads out into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, right before he is arrested, taken away to be imprisoned, beaten, and then crucified. And Jesus is giving his disciples a word of hope here. Jesus is telling his disciples about his father's love for them and the way to respond in that love. And I'm reading this morning from the paraphrased edition, the Eugene Peterson's translation, The Message. And it is Jesus that is speaking here. And he says this, I have loved you the way the father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose. That my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you, and put you in this world to bear fruit, fruit that will not spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father, in relation to me, he gives you. Such a rich passage of scripture. So much of John is so rich. And I think that everyone here, I think that anyone could make a message, really anyone, could make a message on almost every verse. But I want to focus on this part of the scripture this morning. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when I call you to do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. Jesus called the disciples his friends. Think about that for a minute. The incarnation of God here on earth called his disciples his friends, which means Jesus calls us his friend. We are Jesus' friends, not his servants, because Jesus treats us as friends by telling and showing us everything he knows about God. And as Jesus' friends, we love, respect, and honor that friendship by believing that Jesus' way is the way and the truth and the life. Jesus tells us of his amazing love for us that we can make ourselves at home in that love. We can relish it. We can hang on to it, even in the toughest of times. And not only that, Jesus is commanding us to do that. But there is a caveat to this, that to be Jesus' friends, we must love others the way Christ has loved us. And also Jesus tells us that we are put in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil, that we do the things that Christ has commanded us to do, that we manifest God's love as best we can into the lives of others. All of those that we encounter, we do love and service that lasts. We model our lives and our service through what Jesus tells us and shows us to do and to be. I feel like it's not my job. Maybe it is my job to tell you what the job of the church and Christ follows it are. Maybe it is this morning, but it is the job of the church and all of us to proclaim and live out and embody and bear fruit that lasts the good news known as the gospel because the bad news my friends is all around us and the good news is not how to escape from the bad news because we're not going to do that but how to challenge the consequences of the bad news how to challenge the consequences of the bad news, of hatred and greed, of war and destruction, of lies and falsehood, of prejudice and non-inclusion. And we do this with the ridiculous love and friendship we have found in Jesus, our friend. As I think about the darkness that is happening across the ocean in Europe, I sometimes just feel dismayed and what can i do and why is this happening why are these people suffering it hurts my heart but you see god has already defeated the powers of darkness in this world through jesus christ's resurrection from death to life god's already defeated it we are still fighting the battles but the victory is won. Which tells me that the last thing is never the worst thing. That evil is already defeated through Jesus Christ. Frederick Buchner says it this way, the worst isn't the last thing about the world. The Bible says it this way, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. The final word is God's. Whether it is the death of a loved one, nuclear destruction, war, famine, destruction, our human race is so self-destructive sometimes, aren't we? Illness, cancer, heart disease, relationship angst, climate change, you name it, we have trouble in this world, but God has already won through Christ Jesus. God has already saved us and made a place for us, and God's light will shine in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. What a word of hope for us. What a word of hope when the world seems so dark. But, and here is the big but, that doesn't mean we sit back and wait for a miracle. It means that we listen to our Jesus when he calls us friends, and we take on the mind of Christ, which is a mind of peace, and of justice, and of mercy, and most importantly today, a mind that takes on the wickedness of the world and do whatever we can to fight evil, to fight injustice, to fight lies, to fight war and death and destruction. And it doesn't have to be a violent reaction, my friends. Today, we are fighting back through economic sanctions, providing relief for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and beyond, and by praying, by praying, supporting those who are working diligently for peace through economic, political, and social restrictions, being the people of God, being a light in the world, being friends of Jesus, bearing fruit for God's kingdom, showing the world that we are the light of the world, even in the midst of the darkness, to the saving, justice-filled, merciful Jesus Christ. So, my friends, let's get out there and live like we're Jesus' friend, caring, praying, fighting for justice, giving and working for those in need, putting a light in the window of your home like our sister, In Christ, Ginger Reedy suggested, showing that we are the light of the world so that we can be faithfully and fully Jesus' friend. And as the musician-poet Bruce Cockburn says, nothing worth having comes without some kind of fight. Got to kick at the darkness till it bleeds daylight. So let's all start kicking, friends, starting today, right now, with this beautiful prayer that was written by Kate Bowler, a professor of Christian history at Duke University on the first day of the war. Let us pray. God, the unthinkable has happened swiftly, relentlessly, by stealth and through open destruction The peace and beauty of the ordinary has been shattered in a day. O God of justice and might, we call to you to come and bring this suffering to an end. Comfort these trembling hearts. Shield the vulnerable. Strengthen those with the resources and the resolve to protect what they love in the face of such overwhelming force. Grant wisdom to the nations of our world, to our leaders and to us, to grasp the unfathomable, to see evil in its true light, and to come against it unflinchingly. Dear Ukraine, though we shudder to watch what is happening, we will not look away. Amen.